0: Hello there, and welcome to FilmRaw here at Bunkers of the UK. It's the place where we review the latest movies from across the cinematic spectrum. I am one half of the cinematic duo here, Ian Bolton, and I'm joined, as always, by my cinematic partner in crime. It is, of course, Christian R. Allen. Hello. Who still still has that perfectly framed shot that he's very pleased about.
1: The composition is great. I'm never moving from this spot.
0: (laughs) There we go. You need to stay in that spot for every future episode of Filmroll now. So after we're done recording here, you stay exactly where it is. I know your partner is going to be confused why you can't leave the... It's like that Radiohead music video where someone's just lying on the ground saying, why are you lying on the ground? It's like, if I just. told you, if I told you, I'll, it will it will shake your core, and more and more people just run. so. By the time we come back to the next episode, there'll be like four extra people just sat around. Obviously, you'll, you'll be breaking lockdown rules, but <laughs> but unfortunately, people have been drawn in magnetically to the situation, to this one moment in time where you're just sat on a stool.
1: I mean, I've I've never been described as magne- magnetic before in any in any context. So I'm deeply grateful that for that compliment. I believe the first compliment you've paid me. Period. Yes. So. On- um,
0: on a show. <laughs> 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 uh, but generally, how are you doing?
1: Yeah. So I, as you recall, last episode, I became a professional wrestler, briefly. Uh, yes. Monica, Christian 316. Um, mm-hmm. It turns out there are religious connotations to this I was unaware of, um, my name included. Um, I lost, I won a championship belt. I lost the championship belt. And um, I think I'm going to be drafted to the SmackDown brand. Uh, some point this week, so I'll well, yeah, keep your sure, ears out for that. It is the A.
0: It is the A brand show now with with Mafia Tribal Chief Roman Reigns and his wonderful new smile.
1: We're, we're allowed to talk about Roman Reigns because he's a movie star. He 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 was in that that kind of alright Fast and Furious movie that didn't make <laughs> any sense to me. And although he didn't have any lines of dialogue, he was there, and that's
0: what there. Matt and he spared a guy.
1: He did, he did. It was like when Stone Cold Steve Austin clotheslined someone in um, *Untouchable*. No, sorry. Um... Uh, expendables. Expendables. I knew it was one of those words. Like, *Fur*. now? I don't know.
0: I oh, imagine if Stone Cold Steve Austin was in the Untouchables. Uh, the late Stone going, going <laughs> the late going okay Austin 316 you've got to go and take on Al Capone and his guys you've got to put them in the headlocks and then you've got to deliver the stone Cold Stunner and you take one of them to the mark
1: <laughs> to which he would reply presumably he would reply with certainly dear fellow I will immediately head towards Mr. Capone and uh, violently engage with him in a non-friendly manner how was, how was that for a stone called Steve Austin impersonation
0: Pretty dire. Because, well, actually, actually, <laughs> actually, actually in, in terminology and in terms of language translation, that is perfectly correct. Because Was I like the it, meme
1: of the, that, the French painting of the guy, you know, the one with the lyrics and sort of like, oh, like full old style. You know what I'm talking about. It's really hard describing memes. Just <laughs> I, I, But I can't share them with all our listeners. Oh. Like, <laughs> Ian, for the video, for the YouTube version, just pop up an image of the meme. Like, okay, I don't, what, I don't know what his name is. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: No, but I'm going to put an image of it right now on the screen.
1: All right, so here. <laughs> now, 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 pretend like you can see it and just say something on the lines of, Oh, that meme.
0: Oh, that meme.
1: So right. insightful.
0: Excellent. Um, but of course, and also, the-
1: also keep this in, of the comedy doesn't work, and keep <laughs> yes. this in because the comedy won't work, and then keep this in. Of the comment Should we go on to the uh, review
0: well I was all I was just going to wrap this up with the simple thing in obviously that what you said about what Stone Cold would say back to Sean Connery would be correct in the normal English translation but in Steve Rostin terms it would be oh hell yeah and I know that's a terrible oh, impersonation oh gosh
1: that, that was worse than your Vince McMahon El Pacino from last week actually <sighs>
0: And on that bombshell, let's move on to uh, our... So, yes, we were talking about On The Rocks last episode. We are sticking with Apple TV because Apple TV was also home this year to Tom Hanks uh, going to war once again with World War II thriller Greyhound. We'll be reviewing it in a few moments, but first, this. Congratulations on your first command at last. I will always be looking for you, Evie even if I'm a 1,000 miles away. Air escort to Greyhound.
1: You will now be out of range of air cover for the next five days. How many crossings does this make? This was my first. I got some. Most likely are you both. He's trying to slip under us! Fire! We have a kill.
0: Stress rocket, sir. We have hits directly on the convoy. The wolf bags So let's talk about Greyhound, or basically Tom Hanks, on a naval ship for 90 minutes.
1: And... <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> That's the best synopsis I've ever heard in my life. There was a board look. Bordering on Lonely Island lyrics there, Ian. I'm very impressed. <laughs> so basically, Tom X right? He's on a boat.
0: <laughs> it's a naval boat. boat. And Five he's... <laughs> stars. <laughs> <laughs> Tom X right. So he gets on a greyhound
1: coach. It just travels. You, from you mean America. boat?
0: You mean boat?
1: No, Co- coach. Boat. No, I, I mean the coach because I would rather go on a nine-hour coach trip on a Greyhound than watch this movie again.
0: Oh, yeah. So before we had a a, a slight lapse of humour there. Right, so Tom Hanks is a brand-new commander of the naval ship Greyhound uh, in charge with protecting uh, cargo ships uh, crossing uh, the Atlantic uh between london and uh, not between london between england and america europe and america that that sort of stuff so if i had to sum up this film to anyone inquiring about it i could sum it up very much as follows look a sub kaboom we've sunk it brief pause look a sub kaboom we sunk it brief pause
1: look a sub <laughs>
0: That is what, that is what, how what the happens,
1: film. What happens next? Sorry, I didn't quite catch. I didn't quite follow your, your okay. Uh, explanation. Okay, so
0: okay, so this is what happened after all those look at uh, the look at those subs and they blew up subs. God, god, on, on. look a sub, <laughs> kaboom! That is that is the film for ninety minutes, and yeah, and um, I think we may have talked about this on the audio version of the podcast many many months ago. And I think I, I went on record saying, in terms of war movies, especially World War Two movies, um, they are all after obviously the success of things like Saving Private Ryan, they all start to kind of take on the same sort of aesthetic. They all take on the certain type of stories, and they they all merge into one at at, at some point. Now they all look the same, they all play out the same, and and so forth. And it takes. Really outstanding, unique films in the genre to stand head and tails above the rest. Uh, Case in point, 1917, came out in January. Incredible. incredible, incredible film.
1: It was beautiful as well. It wasn't yeah. saturated, the colors were gorgeous. Yep. The cinematography was incredible.
0: Yeah. And the fact is, it had a storyline that you felt engaged with. There was something about it, it's like the real-time aspect of it, of you have to get across enemy well, lines.
1: It was, yeah. it was fresh. It was a new take on an old story. Because, I mean, there, yeah. are, there are millions of stories you can tell um, mm. So when it comes to warfare, especially 20th century warfare. Mm. So going back to your point, why do we keep say, seeing the same microcosms repeated over and over again? I mean, this was just so dull. Really, really dull.
0: And I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to take this a little bit further now and say, now, obviously Tom Hanks, big, big cinematic star, big cinema legend. Obviously multi Oscar winner, has appeared in many great films. Obviously he's been involved in various war projects such as obviously Saving Private Ryan. He's obviously been involved in Band of Brothers, uh, The Pacific, that sort of stuff. Um. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. If Tom Hanks wasn't part of this film, this is going straight to DVD. Yeah, and, 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 and it can look a million bucks for all I care. It is as it was still as trashy as a TV movie or a direct to DVD film where you just get some lower end actors that you really don't know about. It's something you would find on a on a free quid price shelf at Tesco's
1: or Asda's. It's, it, it's, I, I was more thinking petrol station. Barbie or petrol station, station. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it is, it is Weird, that dull. Weirdly enough, uh, just to, on that point, it, in terms of the plotting, it's exactly the same as those terrible, cheap sci-fi movies, it's the, you know, the TV channel, the sci-fi channel movies where there's an alien invasion and it's all confined to one location and it's just everyone give all the dialogue was exposition explaining what's happening only mm. with a big bu- only with a big budget set during World War II. and it was yeah. just as mind numbing to me <laughs> I, I mean if if you're right if if tom hanks wasn't in this film i don't think we'd even be considering reviewing it to be honest
0: i don't think it would have been um, on apple tv no i mean no. i mean the the alarm the alarm bell went off when i saw stage 6 stage 6 uh, the production logo is quite synonymous with films that go straight to DVD, especially okay. the Van Dams. especially the Van Damme's, right. uh, a couple of Seagal's, and and general sort of action based films that wouldn't necessarily get to my release. I mean, if we compare this to On the Rocks, which you talked about last episode. Now we said On the Rocks is, it wasn't an amazing film, but we could find, we can we can sense that it would get at least some attention in the cinema. If it went to an indie art house cinema, people would go and see it. People would be nonplussed. I, I don't think this would do well in a cinema. This is, this is how I'm, this is how shook I am by this shook. Sort of,
1: I'm shook, shook I'm, I'm shook,
0: I'm shook by, <laughs> by, by Greyhound. But
1: here's yeah, weirdly, weirdly enough, COVID has probably done this film a favor through being True. brought up for a, a streaming service.
0: I mean, originally yeah. originally it was a Sony release. Um, obviously you get the Apple TV logo and then you get Sony. Uh, Sony were planning to do this as a cinema release. Um, but then out of the two Tom Hanks films that they had on their shelves, uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and and Greyhound, they obviously saw more chance and a better return on A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood because that was scheduled first. Um, and out of the two, I I agree. Um, I saw A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood at the cinema earlier in the year. Really, really, it's, again, it's, it's not necessarily a, an, an over-challenging film, but there was something wholesome and engaging about it that I felt, you know what? I'm happy I've seen this in a cinema. I'm happy I've kind of appreciated this in a cinema. It was, I, it was I don't, a
1: compelling experience.
0: Yeah. Greyhound is not. Greyhound is not, I'm afraid. And I think the there are, there were probably ways to make this a bit more compelling, I suppose. I I, I get that we are... I get that Tom Hanks's uh, character, I think his, uh, his surname's Cruz, uh, Krause, sorry, um, is front and center in the story. Obviously, he's he's taken on his first naval ship in command. He's sort of learning the, he's kind of getting to grips with the the horrors of war and so forth. And there are there are a few moments in here which do work. There's there's a small subplot where he has a, a very sort of light relationship or light friendship with the with the the mess officer who keeps bringing him food during the first half of the film and then suddenly the mess officer is horrifically apparently killed off screen during one of the attacks on the ship. And then it's like, you see Hanks' his character trying to kind of come to terms with the loss and the horrors of war and, and those bits are fine. And I think, I think that's, that's the bonus of having Hanks involved is because those moments do to a degree work. I think well, is everything isn't is similar
1: with Bill Murray and on the rock rocks and the fact that it's a rather mediocre movie that's been elevated by this star presence.
0: Possibly. I mean, you even you've got Stephen Graham in this, and Stephen Graham yeah, yeah. is a is a talented actor. But all he does is just kind of look at a map and go, Yeah, submarine's there, pops up, has a chat with Tom Hanks, goes back down and just goes, Oh yeah, submarine's somewhere over there, I don't know, left. <laughs> um I I think there are other elements of this film, I think they could have expanded on more and they could have given us a different side or an alternate view to go along with it, to, to build up the tension. I think the strongest moment of tension is when the ship is being taunted by the German submarines. Yeah. Where, where you've got the guy saying, we are, we are the gray wolf. We are gray wolf submarines and we are coming to take down your ships. And we are going to kill you and we're going to enjoy it. It's like, those little moments of being taunted by an unknown enemy is was actually quite interesting. I was kind of going, Ooh, this is getting, this is ramping up, but they don't do anything with it. They don't do anything. It's like, I think, I know it's like less is more, but I think in this scenario I would have preferred to see a little bit more of that. And maybe, and maybe if you really wanted to make it a compelling thing of war on both sides, rather than just the Americans just versus the Germans in sense, which unfortunately Greyhound is, you could have had you could have had the main submarine tracking them side of the story as well, because if, from the Nazi
1: perspective,
0: yeah. Because if you didn't necessarily know how the ship fared in real life, it would have been, oh, who's going to win the battle of the crossing? Is it going to be the submarines? Is it going to be the Greyhound? And yeah. I think that, I think that would have added more to the stakes and more to the risks. But no, it is simply look a sub boom, pause, look a sub boom pause, look at, and that goes on, 90 minutes, done, end credits, bye-bye I mean, bye everyone. I think I,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I think I described, when I saw it, I, Tim, I described it to you as being, it was like a National Geographic documentary without the voiceover or the talking heads of modern academics explaining what was going on the scenes. Yeah. It was, It was imagine all those shows without the academics, without the narration, just the sort of like the, the dramatisation stripped and presented as a movie. Mm. And it just falls completely flat I mean it's an interesting idea Because this is a cat and mouse story And we're just seeing the mice There's no cats Um, It's like like, Yeah think
0: having Tom and Jerry Just without Tom Yeah with Jerry
1: (laughs) I think the film It it felt very long It was only 90 minutes It Mm. needed to be longer There needed to be moments of quiet We needed to get to know these characters Um it, it just feels like the film learned all the wrong lessons from Dunkirk, which was one of my favourite movies uh, of recent years. I think it was an excellent war movie. Very similar story in tone. And there are little hints that the Dunkirk had influenced this movie with this sort of like... I felt Dunkirk did a much better job of um, of bringing, a, bringing you along the dread sort of like um, you you went along this dreadful experience while at no point did I ever feel I was taking with this this journey um in Greyhound it just felt like I was being made to watch it rather than experience it um Mm. which is disappointing I I can't criticize Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks is doing what Tom Hanks does well which is perform brilliantly regardless of the material he's given yeah, I mean, there is. I can't think of a bad Tom Hanks performance. There have been bad Tom Hanks movies, but there have not been bad Tom Hanks performances.
0: I mean, I was looking I was looking up um, information about Tom Hanks as a screenwriter. There were only two other films to his credit. There is That Thing You Do, which I heard was pretty good. Okay. I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen bits and pieces, but I haven't properly seen it. Um, and then there's Larry Crown, which I did see. And that was kind of like, okay, this is a bit of a... Dell fest as well, but you know what? There's something lovable about Larry Crown trying to learn stuff at a university with Julia Roberts. So it was like it was like a bo- it was a Boxing Day movie many many years ago in the UK, and just had the poster of Tom Hanks on his little little scooter going with Julia Roberts hugging him from behind or something like that. I think I can't remember. I need, uh, if, if that's awkwardly, true, probably... aw- awkwardly photoshopped on. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, but yeah, other I, I those bits and pieces. There's, there's not much else I could really talk about Greyhound. It is, it that's it. That is it in an in an in a nutshell. It is a never-ending, repeating cycle of sub bang sub bang sub bang end.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of a copy and paste job on Tom Hanks's behalf, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Although he uses typewriters, so I don't know if he could copy and paste. He'd have to have uh, physically typed it out over and over again. Hmm. But, uh, that, uh, no, that's, I, pro- I, um, that's
0: probably why it's so repetitive. <laughs> gotta repeat, gotta repeat the action. <laughs>
1: uh, I, um, so, star yeah. rating. I'm thinking two, but you, you're thinking a bit higher, aren't you?
0: I think I I was thinking two and a half before going into recording, and I felt fi- I, was, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't even
1: entertained by this.
0: It's like. Again, it's like, I look, it's like, compared to On the Rocks, which you talked about last episode, I, as I, again, I said, we've On the Rocks. I didn't mind it. I was fine with it. I won't watch it again. Greyhound, I was, pro- I was more frustrated, more kind of easily amused by random thoughts, like, look us up.
1: Um, yeah, or I, where's I, Tom and Jerry.
0: Yeah, or where's Tom and Jerry. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I think you're right on this. I think it's a two-star. It's like, I was entertaining the thought of Two and a Half because of Tom Hanks. And the fact is, the film does look all right, considering a lot of streaming movies tend to look kind of fake to a degree. I mean, yes, there's visual effects in this film. But but I wasn't too
1: impressed by the visual effects, to be honest. The ocean looked a bit off to me.
0: Well, I mean, we've watched a few Netflix films in the in the first lockdown, yeah. and one of the things that stuck out like a sore thumb was how ropey the visual effects looked, especially on their original productions. I think the visual effects are better, not great, but at least it, it it attempts to have a filmic look throughout, and rather than this weird digital clean, uber clean look. So I think on that matter, it's like in in essence, it's technically a film, but just really not a good one. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, two stars of Greyhound. Sorry, Tom Hanks, we appear to have sunk your battleship. So, with Greyhound sunk completely, that is all we <laughs> have time for on this episode of Film Raw. Thank you very much for joining us. Whether you're watching the show or whether you're listening to the show on your favourite podcast provider, please make sure you subscribe so you get brand new episodes first. When we release them. And if you want to get in touch, you can fling us an email to filmraw at bunkazilla.co.uk. And if you want to explore great monstrous content of geek and pop culture, head on over to bunkazilla.co.uk and read insightful articles and listen to more amazing podcasts. And don't forget, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, at bunkers of the UK. So you'll be kept up to date with what we are stomping on about. So until next time, thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy your movies. Stay safe. I've been Ian Bolton, joined by Christian R.
1: Allen. Goodbye.
0: Adios. Stay safe. And keep it cinematic. Bye-bye. <laughs>